Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here to receive God's word as spiritual nourishment to build your faith and to help you walk in success and victory in every area of your life. Praise God. We're going to begin today by receiving the holy tithes and offerings, bringing them into the storehouse of God. And let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And I always like to teach a little bit regarding the tithes and offerings, because when I grew up in church as a young boy, there was never any teaching about giving or receiving tithes or offerings or money in general. When it was time on Sunday mornings to receive the giving, the pastor just had a you know, like an offering plate that was passed around and the, the deacons would, you know, pass it up and down each pew. And, you know, honestly, from what I remember seeing as a young boy, when that plate went back to where it came from, it didn't seem to have too much in it. But, you know, if, if the people don't know to give, if they don't know how to honor the Lord, then they can only walk in the light of the knowledge that they have. And we need to know the blessings that are ours in Christ. We need to teach them, talk about them, and instruct them to others so that we can walk in all that God has made available for us as his children. Now, Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. I really believe in a prophetic sense that God is doing something new in your life right now in this season of your life, that if you will open your heart, you will see the touch of God in your life and you will see amazing things to begin unfolding that it's the, it's the chapter that you have now turned to in this season of your life. And it's new, it's new. Praise the Lord. So I think we should also balance that with the scripture out of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter one. Oh, look at that. I turned right to it. Praise God. That's always nice. Ecclesiastes chapter one, and it's actually verse nine. And it says that which has been is what will be that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Well, here we have the Lord speaking through Isaiah saying that he will do a new thing. And there we have Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes proclaiming there's nothing new under the sun. You know, if you look at it from the right perspective, you can see that others have experienced certain things, but just because they have doesn't mean you have. And so it may not be new for them, but it certainly can be new for you. After all, uh, there's a lot of people that own a car, but just because you or I may own a vehicle, doesn't mean that everybody else does. So there will always be those that have that first time experience of owning a car. Well, that's not new, Pastor Stephen. Well, well, for them it is. They've, they've never experienced that before. They've never driven a car off the lot of a dealership or whatever the case might be. So it is a new thing for you. Praise God. That's what God's going to do. Uh, here in America, if you, if you look at uh, certain statistics, you'll see that although it's made to appear to be much worse, that really there's at least 20% of all Americans that have no debt 
I'm talking about don't, don't owe a penny to anybody. That's, that's pretty good, really, 20%. So, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes people think we're in some kind of financial Armageddon where the whole system's about to melt down. Well, I believe that we can walk in the wisdom of God and that we can come into a place of even being free from debt. And I know for some of you, that would be a brand new thing. Now, there's obviously millions who are already in that place, but that could be something that for you, this is a new thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Others may have experienced it, but you can experience it for the first time. A few weeks back, I shared that every single day in America, over 1,700 people become, for the first time, millionaires. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, that's never happened to me. Well, who knows? Maybe that could be your new thing. See, God will do a new thing. There have been others who've experienced that, and a lot, it happens to every day. That, that's the first time they're coming into it. So although it's nothing new under the sun, still it can be new for you. Why? It's never happened to you. So God wants to do a new thing in your life. Praise the Lord. And I, I, I also believe that even what Solomon was trying to express in Ecclesiastes is that it's not like there's never going to be anything new because they didn't have computers back then. They didn't have cell phones. All of that stuff is new, but it's the concept of exploration. It's the concept of advancement. There's nothing new. It's all kind of repetitive. We're just, we're expanding. We're getting better at things, but you know what? There's still plenty of room to break new territory. I mean, it wasn't until 1969 that man stepped on the moon. That had certainly never been done before, although nothing new under the sun from the concept of adventure and exploration just continued to go forward. Whether it's exploring the seven seas, making sure that the earth is not flat, we're not going to fall off the side if we keep on going, which is pretty easy to prove from multiple points of study. But, you know, uh, exploring the depths of the sea, or eventually somebody's going to make it to Mars for the very first time. I think it's, I think the reasons for trying to do so are actually pretty silly. Um, but nevertheless, it will advance scientific technology. A lot of that filters down to us, such as GPS. GPS came out of the uh, space exploration program. A lot of these good things, they filter down to us, make our lives easier, um, I think it's kind of funny how uh, some people, they sit around, some of these think tanks, some of these billionaires even, excuse me, they sit around and they reason why we should go to Mars. You know what their, their bottom line reasoning is? I mean, you have billionaires who think this. They think the reason that we need to go to Mars is because humanity will eventually destroy itself here on planet Earth. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's go to Mars. Oh, who's going to Mars? Humans. <laughs> the same ones that would destroy the earth? Yes, that, that's who's going to Mars. Humans, people. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Yes, we need to get off the planet to escape uh, the problems that are caused by people. Okay, good. Who's going to Mars? People. More people. <laughs> Very, very interesting. That's, it's, like, it's almost like we're trying to escape from ourselves. Praise God. Well, I, I believe that the wisdom of God refutes the foolishness of men.
praise the Lord. But nevertheless, new things are happening. New things are happening all within the concept of it's not really new. We're just expanding on, on what's already been done. But even still, I believe God wants to do things in your life that you've never experienced. Somebody you're watching me and for instance, you don't have your own business, but you would like to. Well, millions have before, but you know what? That can be a new thing for you. That's blessed by God. And God's taking you into this new season of, of your life. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I really believe that for many of you watching me, God's going to bring you into a debt free life. I believe that I don't, you don't have to try to figure it out. Uh, faith doesn't always mix with intellectual sense. I know that on paper, two plus two equals four. I know that four plus four equals eight. But when you get God involved, you know, a thousand, uh, you know, uh, one can put, you know, this many to flight and, you know, you get two, now you're putting 10,000 to flight and you're like, wait, wait a minute, how, how did the numbers increasing so much with the, with the uh, physics of God? Well, because God doesn't uh, always have to do it by, you know, just the, the normal realm. God can, God can set you free from debt. God can do great things in your life. I believe God's going to do that for a lot of people. There is a new thing that he's bringing you into. And I, I'm not just talking about being debt free, but you don't have anything. I, I, I remember this one, one brother, he, he told me he was debt free, <laughs> which was great, but, but he didn't own anything. Did, I mean, he, he didn't own anything. He was debt free, but he lived in an apartment. He was debt free, but, uh, I, I don't even know if he had a computer. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I believe God wants to also bless you so that you are, you, you have a well-rounded, blessed life. Praise God. So get ready for the new thing. Um, here's what I'm praying for you. I, I, I want to take you behind the scenes a little bit. As I'm praying for you, online church members, ministry partners, um, those that love and support this ministry, I'm praying that God even would give witness to you that he is doing a new thing. And I'm, I'm even asking him to speak to you and reveal to you through a certain way that this new thing is from him and that it is unfolding and it is taking place in your life. Pastor Stephen, what is the witness? Is it an angel coming down from heaven covered in gold with a crystal diadem in his hand that he'll hit me over the head with? No, it's not that. It's something, it's something much simpler. Woo, glory to God. Let's take a look at it just for a second. Hallelujah. This would be, this is going to be Psalm 40. Praise God. Psalm 40. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Confirmation. How about that? Confirmation from God that he is actually doing a new thing in your life. Get ready for this. I believe God's going to speak to you. Psalm 40. Praise the Lord. Verse one, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Pastor Stephen, how can I know that God is doing a new thing for me until it's fully materialized? How can I know? Because he said, you shall know it. Shall you not know it? How, how can I know? He'll give you a song. 
Yes, he will. Watch. He will give you a song. And what I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to talk about how to wait on the Lord because it's, it's an art. You know, good cooking is an art. Fine painting is an art. How to wait on the Lord in a lot of ways is a lost art. We want to talk about how, how to do that today. And when you begin to wait on the Lord, you get these songs. I'm not talking about from the radio. I'm not even talking about from your head. I'm talking about from the Spirit of God floating up from your Holy Spirit coming up. Your mind will catch it, but it comes up out of your spirit. It's amazing what God will do. I'm asking God to give you a new song. Did you catch that? A new song. It might not even be a song from a hymn book. It might not even be a psalm or a song from the Psalms. It could be something that is sung to you by the Spirit of God that you've never heard before. I'm asking God to give you a new song. It will be your song. Praise God. It will be supernatural confirmation that you are in the season of the new thing. And what will happen is when you get that song, your faith is going to it's just going to take off like a rocket. Praise God. Why? Because you know that you know this is real. This is from God. The Holy Spirit's going to give you a song. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person watching today as they honor you with their tithes and their offerings, as they bring them into the storehouse. I pray that you give them that witness of your spirit, that you are doing the new thing. I pray that you give them the new song. In Jesus' name, I thank you that you're going to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you are sending in your tithes and offerings through the mail, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28117. If you would like to bring them in online, you can do so at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, So and Reap. You can click that and bring them in into the storehouse of God and be looking for the new song. Father, give them that new song. I thank you that you're going to do it in Jesus name. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now today let's talk about waiting on the Lord, how to wait on the Lord. This is a question I get asked a lot and I have done segments of teaching on waiting on the Lord but I think I need to talk a little bit more about how you actually do it. And I, I know what people are asking when they're inquiring. They're wanting to know, Pastor Stephen, how, how and what do you do? What is, what is your, your format of waiting on the Lord? Okay, we'll, we'll jump into that, into that today. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, to the classic text, which is found in Isaiah 40, verses 30 and 31. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We're asking that your Holy Spirit turn on the light, the light of revelation, of understanding that our eyes, our spiritual eyes can see it, that the eyes of our heart be illuminated. Father, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation be given unto us in the knowledge of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit will be illuminating your eyes as we talk about this subject today. Now, Isaiah 40, verse 30, even the youths shall faint and be weary. That's the thing about, about young people. They can have vitality and physical energy to run around and jump and play. And you know, that, that's a great, that's a great chapter of your life. But 
as you grow older, you can develop mentally. Whereas, you know, a young person, you know, maybe just out of high school or something, you know, if you ask them to work 40 hours a week, that, that could be a challenge. But you get older, you get you get mentally developed, you get strong. You can work you can work eighty hours, a hundred hours. I'm, I'm not encouraging you to do that on a long term basis because it's hard to have a normal life if you're working, you know, ninety or hundred hours. It's hard to have a good marriage, a good family if you're doing stuff like that. And I think also work. God wants your work to be a blessing, a joy, not a grind. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. I, I don't I, I I don't agree with what Elon Musk is doing with Tesla by working these excessive hours and just grabbing a sleeping bag and sleeping on the floor underneath a chair somewhere or underneath the desk. And they say, you know, he just might, you never know it. You're working late at night and you, you go sit down at your desk. You might be sleeping underneath it. I, uh, I don't think, I don't think that's good. I, I know some people applaud it as like being really committed to your job but I see it as poor management, and I'm not the only one who sees it like that. Those companies that are run well, you don't have to do stuff like that. Why? Because it's being run smoothly, and when you're running the company uh, properly, you don't have to sleep underneath the desk in a sleeping bag. I, I know that looks that looks cool. I know that can be inspirational, but actually, I believe it's a sign of poor management. Praise God. Hallelujah. So even the youth shall faint and be weary. So the, we can even have great stamina and great strength as we get older, but we want to work wiser and smarter, not, not necessarily harder. Remember the feast of Israel when they, they have these seven primary feasts of the year, three of them, you know, all the males, 38, age 30 and older, three, the three big feasts, all the males were required to go to Jerusalem. Well, you know, you look at that carefully. That's a lot of time off. That's really a lot of holidays. That's a lot of vacation time. And you have to be blessed to be able to go. And you have to be blessed financially, really, to take all that time off. Well, we can't take all that time off, Pastor Steve. We got to make money. Well, they took all that time off, and they were doing just fine. And I know Jewish businesses that they closed down on the feast days. And I look at them, and they're flourishing. So it's not about work harder. You know, we got we to gotta work 90 hours. No, we have to work wiser. We have to work smarter. We have to follow principles at work, and then we don't have to do crazy stuff. Praise God. Amen. Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get in all you're getting, get wisdom. Praise God. Verse 30, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Okay, so there, there is a waiting on the Lord. This is not passive, though. This is a waiting that has Hebrew underpinnings that denote um, waiting upon from the aspect of serving. Serving. You know, I, I talked to this one brother. He said, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to start waiting on the Lord. I'm going to get up every morning early, and I'm going to spend time waiting on the Lord. And so I, I went... I went to see him again months later, and, you know, we began to talk about waiting on the Lord. I said, how, how has your time been with the Lord? He goes, well, I, I can't really say I've gotten anything out of it. I said, well, what, do you, what are you doing? He goes, well, I get up early in the morning while it's still dark, and I go sit in the chair, and I just wait, and I just wait, and I've been waiting for six months, and nothing's ever happened. I said, you mean you just, you just sit there in the dark? You just sit there? You, you, don't, you don't do anything? Nope. I'm just waiting on the Lord. And I, and I said, that's not what that means. 
that's not what that means. So today we need to talk about how to wait on the Lord. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, th these are some pretty good promises. I I'm liking this, uh, not getting weary, not fainting, uh, the strength of an eagle. So we need to tap into this. It's, it's revolving around the blessing of waiting on the Lord. So before we jump into how to wait on the Lord, let's talk just for a moment about why, why we should wait on the Lord. Why should we wait on the Lord, Pastor Stephen? Well, number one, because I really believe that impatience is a seed for pain. Praise God. Impatience is a seed for pain. I like that statement. I actually got that statement from Dr. Mike Murdoch. Impatience is a seed for pain. It really is. Proverbs 19 two. the one who acts hastily sins, just rushing into things. Sounds good. Let's do it. Well, have, have you read the fine print? No, we don't need to read that. Ooh, ouch. That, that can go real bad, real quick. We don't need to rush into things. First Timothy 5.22 says, lay hands on no man suddenly. Hmm, praise God. We need to learn to slow down, wait on the Lord. Paul even told Timothy, don't lay hands on people suddenly, lest you be partakers of their sin. Sometimes you need to ask questions before you lay hands on people, or even before you pray for people sometimes, especially praying for them through the laying on of hands. Praise God. I remember, uh, you know, back in the 1900s reading about John Alexander Dowie, a great man of God, a true apostle of the Lord. He, he got off later in his life with some really bizarre teaching that really damaged his ministry. But you know, when he was functioning in his prime, he was a force to be reckoned with from the devil. I mean, the devil couldn't handle this guy. This man was operating the tremendous miracle power, healing power, yes, but also miracle power uh, with undeniable miracles. But he was based out of Chicago, Illinois, and he traveled out to San Francisco. Well, when he got to San Francisco and he was staying at a certain apartment, word got out that John Alexander Dowie is here, the great man of faith, the man that prays for the sick and gets results. Well, when people heard he was there, they began to show up. And uh, from what I read, about 2,000 people showed up at his apartment. They're all wanting prayer. They're all sick. So, uh, you know, some people would just start laying hands on them. Yeah, I'm going to pray for you. Uh, he, he didn't do that. He said, he said, let them pass by my door. I'll ask them each a question. And when I ask them a question, if they give the proper biblical response, I'll pray for them. So out of about 2000 people, only two people answered his question correctly. And those two people he prayed for, and they were instantly healed. So he didn't, he didn't use all of this time, all this energy praying for all these other people. 1,998 just prayed for two. What was the question? It was basically a, a, a question regarding their, their spiritual health. Okay. And if it was answered wrong, he's like, it's not going to do me any good to pray for you. So uh, most of them answered it wrong and only two got healed. So I think, I think we need to learn to wait on the Lord because when you wait on the Lord, you develop a sense of being calm, 
not rushing into things. You can still have a, a an anticipation and excitement and happiness, but you don't have like a goofiness, you know, where you're just silly, you know, running into things, rushing into things, and you know, you know, kind of like uh, not mature, not sober, not alert. So waiting on the Lord develops that because we want to wait because impatience is a seed for pain. Praise God. Also, we want to wait on the Lord because waiting on the Lord, I have found out, brings conviction. Ooh, praise the Lord. Remember in Luke chapter 19, uh, really it's right around verse 8, when the Lord, he's talking with Zacchaeus and says, I'm going to come spend the day with you. I'm supposed to do that. And so Zacchaeus is a rich guy. He's not just a tax collector. He's the chief tax collector. And so the Lord comes to his house and hangs out with, at him all day long at his house. And at the end of the day, Zacchaeus stands up and he says, Lord, he says, half of my goods I give to the poor. Wow. That's pretty wild. You hang out with Jesus for one day and you're, you're going to unload half of your possessions. Amazing. Half of my goods I give to the poor. And he also said, he said, Lord, if I've taken anything by false accusation, and obviously he had, he said, I'm going to restore it fourfold. I'm going to give it back four times what I have taken from people through false accusation. And, you know, the tax collectors, they, they, had, they had done that. That's why, why they were so hated, because they could lie, they could cheat, they could overtax, overcharge. You couldn't do anything about it because you were oppressed by the Roman government. And if you didn't obey, uh, they'd send the soldiers uh, uh, to you, make life very difficult, very painful for you. So waiting on the Lord, obviously with Zacchaeus, it brings conviction. When you spend time with the Lord, you realize, you know, I, I, need, to, I need to deal with these things in my life. You can't, you can't sweep it under the carpet. Because when you wait on the Lord, conversation begins to take place. And it's not one way. It's both ways going back and forth. And when the Lord comes and wants to talk about something, get very, very open. And if, if you're not willing to discuss it with the Lord, he won't talk at all sometimes. Mm, praise the Lord. So waiting on the Lord brings conviction. And then we are faced with that. And our response will be, yes, Lord, we yield to that. Let's make things right. I want to do what I need to do to make it right. And that ends up uh, bringing divine order into your life praise God. I have found also that one of the reasons why we need to wait on the Lord is because waiting on the Lord is a remedy for many, many, if not all forms of weakness. Okay. Uh, the young men, they utterly fail. Uh, they, they become weak, but you can run. I'm talking about spiritually running and not be weary. You can walk and not faint. So there is something that comes from waiting on the Lord where there is a transference of the Lord's strength into you. And I believe with all of my heart, it even affects your physical body. I believe it affects your physical brain. And I believe it affects your mind and your soul. It affects the way you think. And it, it absolutely affects your spirit, your inner being with power and strength. Praise the Lord. So when we wait on the Lord, uh, it releases a remedy for 
all of these different forms of human weakness. I, I was mindful of the story of the great apostle of India named Sadhu Sundar Singh. And uh, there's some wonderful books about his life. If you love studying church history, read about Sadhu Sundar Singh. And this man was known for spending hours waiting on the Lord in the presence of God, spending time with the Lord. And out of that, he had a very unique, very unusual ministry. And he had uh, many uh, unorthodox experiences in life because of his deep walk with God. One time, he was crossing a very high mountain range. And when I say high mountain range, I'm talking over 20,000 feet in elevation. So this is with no oxygen tanks. This is back in the early 1900s, no oxygen tanks. And he would just wear a robe and no coat, just a, just a thin robe. And, and he would go barefoot many times. They actually called him the apostle of the bleeding feet because his feet would get so cut up from the mountain rocks. Well, one time he was crossing this mountain range he had a person that he had met on the journey that was a stranger. And uh, this person I think was an unbeliever, but you know, it's good to have a companion when you're going through the middle of nowhere in a very remote, isolated part of the world and could be thieves and robbers or all kinds of problems, but they're traveling, got real high elevation and got caught in a snowstorm. And it kept getting deeper and deeper, got to, uh, you know, several feet thick and deep, and they're plodding through this, can barely see where they're going. And they came across a man who had succumbed to the snowstorm, and they found him laying there in the snow. So Brother Singh says to the, uh, his traveling companion, we need to help this man. He, he may, may still be alive. We need to try to help him and take him with us. And his traveling uh, companion said, no, no, we can't do that. He said, if we stop to help this guy, we could die in the process. We've got to take care of ourselves. So the guy said, I'm not helping. And Brother Singh said, well, I feel, I feel compelled that I need to try to help him. The, guy, the man said, well, you can help, but I'm leaving. So he kept on going by himself, kept on uh, trying to follow the trail and kept on going by himself. So Brother Singh was a very powerful man. If you've seen some of his pictures uh, you could see he had uh, strong shoulders and he, uh, you know, came from the uh, warrior class, uh, uh, of the, um, uh, of, of the, uh, of the caste system that he had belonged to. Of course, technically they'd done away with the caste system in India, but that was, you know, part of where his heritage was. He was part of the warrior tribe. And so he was a very, very strong man. So he picks this guy up, you know, like 180 pounds and puts him over his shoulder. Now the guy is almost dead. Uh, there's no warmth. There's no heat. He's half frozen. So brother Singh puts him over his shoulders and begins carrying him walking through, you know, by this time, two and a half feet of snow and he's walking and he's struggling. I mean, he, he was having a hard enough time just by himself, <laughs> but now he's carrying 180 pounds over his shoulders, carrying this man, but something began to happen. He got so hot carrying this man because of all the extra muscle and energy. And he's, he actually began to perspire and he, he began to get very hot 
and the the body heat that he was radiating began to go upwards from his shoulders and into the body of the half frozen half dead man well after walking for some while that man began to come back to consciousness and was able to murmur something where brother Singh knew okay he's not dead he's starting to recover but he still kept carrying him kept carrying him and guess what he found as he kept walking the former travel companion who had abandoned him brother Singh found him laying in the snow dead frozen frozen I mean he's he's beyond help he he can't even if he tried to carry him it's it's, it's no, there's no point. He's frozen like a block of ice. I tell you what, my friends, there's something about waiting on the Lord that gives you a grace to wait for others. Did you catch that? Oh my goodness. There is a grace imparted, a strength imparted that if you'll wait for the Lord, you will somehow know when to wait for others. Woo. See, others will say, we don't have time. Nope got to keep going but God knows you do have time God knows that if you stop and help you'll have time I ministered once in Uganda in this pastor's church and he had he had some of the most beautiful property I've ever seen I mean this the land that he owned was just I mean it was gorgeous just you know banana trees and uh, it was just green and minerals in the soil, and it it was just absolutely beautiful piece of property. And I said, I said, Pastor, how did you get this land? Because uh, his church was impoverished, and you know, but this this property was phenomenal. I said, how did you get this piece of property? He goes, well, he goes, there was this this lady who got sick, and she couldn't get to the hospital. Nobody would take her to the hospital because none of us have a car (laughs) and the hospitals, you know, you know, I can't remember how many miles, maybe 12 miles to the hospital. He said, nobody would take her. So I took her to the hospital. I took her in a wheelbarrow. I said, you mean you put her in a wheelbarrow and you pushed her? I mean, uh, also when you understand pushing the wheelbarrow, you're not pushing on a paved road. You're pushing on dirt on a dirt path that has holes in it, sometimes two feet deep. So this is, this is hard going even in a wheelbarrow. So he's pushing this lady in a wheelbarrow 12 miles to the hospital and then 12 miles back. She got the medication that she needed, knocked out the illness, and she recovers. And she was so thankful she gave him all of that land. She owned the land. She donated it to, the, uh, to him for the usage of the church. He put it in the name of the ministry, and now he has this phenomenal property why he was a man that waited on the Lord so out of that experience of having a strong walk with God he knew he knew when to wait for others he knew when to help others look you can't help everybody all the time but you can help when you sense the anointing stop wait help them we've all got things to do we've all got places to go but when you wait on the Lord you'll also know how to wait on others and you get very accurate at that you get very very good at that Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm, waiting on the Lord. So you need to wait on the Lord. Now that I think we've established a little bit about why we should wait on the Lord, let's get over to talking about how, how to wait on the Lord. Praise God.
Let me give you just a couple of tips before we jump into how, how to wait on the Lord. Here's a few tips. When waiting on the Lord, number one, preferably be rested, be rested. That's not always going to be possible, but if you are going into a classroom and the class is at eight o'clock in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, let's say from eight to eight fifty, okay, college style. If you go there and you know, you stayed up all night, you know, doing goofy, silly things, which sometimes college students are known to do. You know what? If, if you go in there all wiped out, you, you may be there physically, but you can't focus and coffee and Red Bull will only take you so far, but your brain's still in a fog. You're still fuzzy. What do you, what do you need to do? You need to be in a position where you are alert. Okay. You want to preferably be rested. If you need to take a little nap or something, do that. But when you're waiting on the Lord, there's, there's information being, uh, given to you. There's conversation going on. So ideally you want to be rested. So as a tip, try to be rested when you're waiting, waiting on the Lord. Um, next, and this is, this is kind of simple, but it's not easy to do next. You just need to put your time in. Okay. That's one of the biggest tips I could give. I could give for anybody that wants to know how to wait on the Lord. The tip is just put your time in. If you don't put your time in, you'll end up being like the children of Israel uh, here in the same chapter of Isaiah 40, verse 27. You'll just flounder in verse 27. You'll flounder all around verse 27. And you'll say things like this to the Lord, like what they did. My way is hidden from the Lord and my just claim is passed over by my God. See, you'll say things like that. Why? Because you haven't been in the presence of the Lord. You're not waiting on the Lord. And what, what takes place in things like that is you're not getting the updates that you need. See, when you order something, maybe from Amazon or wherever you want to order it from, you know, and they're going to ship it to you, maybe FedEx, maybe UPS. Okay. When, when you place your order, they will send you an email. Here's your tracking. Here's your tracking number. This will tell you the, the stages of delivery. Okay. It left the warehouse. It's on the truck. It has now moved from this state to that state. The ETA of the arrival estimated time of arrival is on Wednesday at two o'clock. Okay. Those are updates you can get whenever you order something. But look, if you get into verse 31, the waiting on the Lord and you stay there, you will start to get the updates, the ETA from the Lord, and you'll know what's going on. You'll know what season the miracle that you're believing God for. You, you, I know there's faith. We have to walk it by faith, but you're knower on the inside, your spirit, man, ladies, your spirit, woman on the inside, you ha- you have a sense of knowing where you're at in this journey. And you can get that tracking code from the Lord, that tracking number, and you'll know where you're at. And you're not, you don't have to sit around and say things like my, my way is hidden from the Lord. My just claim is passed by over by my God. No people who say things like that are the people who are feigning, who are very weary and they're, they're not getting the lift like the eagle. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So put your time in. And as you, as you sit down and wait on the Lord, your mind will try to, I'm talking about your carnal mind, not the mind of Christ, but the carnal element of, of the man's mind will try to say, whew, look at that beautiful sunny day outside. Hmm. You know, your mind will say, you know what? We're just wasting our time in here. We need to get out. We need to do something. 
No, you are doing something. You're waiting on the Lord. You are doing something. Oh, that old carnal mind will try to play tricks on you. Anything to uh, get you up, get you doing something else, which is not what you want to give into. And you also, as you sit there initially may experience, I know I do at times what I would call the, the restlessness of the flesh. Did you know I live in a human body just like you do? Oh, Pastor Stephen, you're just an internet character. You're not even real. Pastor Stephen, you're up there in the you're up there in the cyber cloud somewhere. I see you on TV, you're on the internet. You're not even real. No, I'm real. I'm here. And after I'm done, I will walk right out and I will probably go eat some real food and do some real things and go home to my real home and to my real wife. My friends, I I, I live in a flesh and blood body just like you do, and my flesh can want to do things that my spirit doesn't want to do. My flesh uh, would, would want to watch TV all day long. My flesh would like to go to uh, do this. And so when I sit down to wait on the Lord, my flesh is like, mm, it, what, what's going on? It's being crucified. That's why there can be the anxiety of the flesh, the restlessness of the flesh. I need to let you know that's normal. That's a tip. That's normal. Don't worry about it. Sit there, stay there, refuse to leave, and that will just die. It'll just fizzle out. It'll fizzle out, and you'll be so glad you didn't get cheated out of your carnal mind. You'll be so glad that your carnal flesh nature didn't bait you out to go do something else. You'll be, you'll be so glad that you actually put your time in with God. You'll be thrilled. You will be filled and you will, you will leave elevated. You'll be so glad. I'm telling you what, it is just, it is, it is super time, super well spent with God. Praise God. Those are just some tips. Now, let's get into the, the nitty-gritty. How to wait on the Lord. Okay? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But it doesn't tell you how to do it. Those who wait on the Lord, it doesn't tell you how to do it. Welcome to the school of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit, the great teacher, the Spirit of God who reveals Christ to you, who brings you into a deeper relationship with the Father, begins to give you these various choices of waiting on the Lord. I call it the spiritual buffet. It's like a buffet, and you could eat anything you want. And on the buffet, you have Mexican food, Chinese food, over here, Italian food, pizza. That looks good. Over here, um, um, Middle Eastern food. I like that. I like that a lot. Hummus and uh, some grilled kebabs. I like that. But it's all good. It's all good. What do you eat? What do you partake of? Oh, it's simple. Whatever you're hungry for. And today, you might not be hungry for lo mein noodles. But tomorrow, you might be. But today... You're hungry for pasta. That's it. Today's a pasta day. So you eat pasta. Okay. So same, same way, waiting on the Lord, you sit down, grab a few things. You don't need a lot. Just need a few things. Grab a notepad. Why? Because God talks. Okay. Grab your Bible. Why? Because he speaks through his word. Grab a pen. Why? Because a pen, even if it's short, is better than a long memory. Praise the Lord. And this is what I do. 
If you can control this one, do this. Have your cell phone there. Not for phone calls, not for checking emails. I just have my cell phone there so I can search and look up scriptures that the Holy Spirit would give me. Also, sometimes if I'm in the dark, sitting in the dark, you could use a little phone light to, you know, look at your Bible or something like that. Praise the Lord. But I mainly have my phone there, not for internet surfing, not for, not for, um, you know, seeing, you know, what the news is. No, I'll do all that stuff later. Check emails later. I'm here to spend time with the Lord and I can use my phone to get on the internet and, uh, pull up certain, uh, Bible study tools that I have that I use all the time to study the word. So as long as that's not a distraction, put your phone there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then you can jump into waiting on the Lord. Just sit there. I would, I would encourage you to mark your time. I'd like to know how much time I spend when I ran track and field in high school and college, I always kept a journal and I was instructed to by my coach. And you know, you find out this is what all the other athletes are doing. Anyhow, you record, you record your mileage. You need to know how much mileage are you putting in? You can gauge your results. You can, you can uh, even gauge your future performance by your training. And you can do the same thing spiritually. You can look at how much time you're putting in and that will tell you the caliber of spiritual walk that you're going to have with the Lord. It's not, it's not a formula. You know, you know what I mean by that? Okay. We're not trying to plug in some formula, but if you put the time in and you go there, you're, you're sharp, you're alert, you're, you're hanging out with God. You're going to get some, you're going to get some serious strength out of that. That will really, really carry you. Okay. Let's talk about how to do it. What I do when I sit down to wait, wait on the Lord is I just kind of look at the buffet table. Lord, do I want to just jump right into prayer? And sometimes I've got a spirit of prayer. That's easy. I'll just go right into prayer, start praying. Other times I'm like, I I think I want to eat something different today. I think I want to read my Bible. I think I want to read my Bible. I don't even want to study it sometimes. I just want to read it. I just having so much fun reading it that it's just go from chapter to chapter to chapter to chapter. Maybe, uh, maybe there's no, you know, sense to it. I might read two chapters here and I might go over here and then I might go way over here. Why? Just, I'm just having fun. And, and sometimes that that spirit of illumination, the spirit of revelation, the Holy spirit can be on you so strong. It's like anything you you read is being lit up and you're just like, Oh, it's it's all so good. Whoo. Hallelujah. Other times you just get in a certain area. Maybe you're studying a certain subject like wisdom and you just can't get off of it. Well, you don't have to. Well, no, Pastor Stephen, we have to read certain chapters every day because we have to read through the whole Bible in a year. And so today we have to follow this. That that doesn't really work for me. I just read, eat, and consume whatever I'm hungry for. And if I'm not hungry for it, I I don't eat that. So if I'm on this certain topic and it's feeding me, I'm going to keep eating that. That's just what works for me. Now, remember how to wait on the Lord. This is something really that the Holy Spirit will help you develop and you can work it out however you want. There's no set rule. It doesn't really tell you how to do it because the Holy Spirit will, he will just teach you what works good for you. Praise God. But that's what I do. I just start eating from the buffet, whatever I'm hungry for. And sometimes I jump into the scriptures. Uh, Sometimes I read. And then other times I want to study. 
Other times I'm like, Lord, I want to know as much about this as I can. Even if I'm not going to teach on it, I want to know about it. I want to know all I can know about the Antichrist. Who is this guy? What's he going to be looking like? Who is he? What's he going to do? I want to know about it. I want to know about the end times. Are we pre-trip, post-trip, mid-trip? What's right? What's true? I want to, I want to study certain things. And so study means going deep, getting resources, getting good materials. And, and just, you know, maybe you want to sit those around you and study those. I, I prefer books. I, I know uh, it's great to have ebooks, and, and all of my books are on ebook format. But I like real books. I like taking a pen and marking notes. I like highlighting. I've got yellow highlighters, blue highlighters, orange highlighters, each one indicating a different color, a, a different manner of study for me. But I like stuff I can mark. And if I've got a real book, I've got dog-eared pages where I'm bending them, I'm marking them. I, I don't have enough. I've got so many things marked, I can't use like what we call bookmarkers because I'd have 30 bookmarkers, but I've got all kinds of little tabs. I take the little three M sticky notes and I'm sticky notes on all kinds of stuff. And you can't, you can't do that with a tablet. I know you could click and then it, that allow you to highlight, but it's not the same when you can hold a real book in your hand. It's, it's different. You can, you can assimilate it and absorb it and study a real book a whole lot better. So you may want, if you're in a study uh, mode of waiting on the Lord, you may want to get those things around you. But bottom line, you're just spending time with the Lord. And as you're studying, as you're reading, you're talking to the Lord, you're talking to the Lord and you're waiting on the Lord. Lord, I love this. What do you think about this? Lord, this is amazing. Lord, I'd like to, I'd like to come into this. Lord, I've even read about others who stepped into this. And so you're studying, you're engaging the Lord. And you know what? We all value somebody who values what we say. And when God sees you valuing his word above anything else, that touches his heart. That means something to him. Praise God. And so he loves that. And so his presence is there. His, his Holy Spirit is there to help you, to teach you. And you know what? You come out of times like that. You come out strong you come out filled up. Praise God. So sometimes I read the Bible. Sometimes I study in depth the Bible. Other times I pray. So it just depends on your appetite of your human spirit. What is it that you need to feed yourself? So this is what a lot of people do. They feed their physical body, which is good because if you don't eat, unless God does a miracle, you'll die. Okay. So you need to eat. And then other people, they feed their intellect and you can really develop your intellect. You can read books. And if you follow certain books or a certain theme and study that you can get tremendously developed in that. You can even be a scholar in your field. That's good. That's good. But it seems like the human spirit, people neglect it because they don't know how to feed it. Well, how do you feed it? Waiting on the Lord. You feed your, the human spirit by waiting on the Lord and just, just fellowship time with God, meditating on the word, talking with God about his word, praying. And after you finish your prayer time, just, you know, not, not leaving because, well, I've asked God everything I could think of. I, I guess I just got it covered. I asked him all I could think of. I think I'll leave now. No, it's no, it's, it's just now talking about what you've asked covering all of those different things. Lord, what do you think about that? Lord, am I, am I asking wisely? Lord, am I asking correctly? 
praise God. And if you will stay there waiting on the Lord, doing these various things, praying, sometimes silent, but even in your silence, there is a worship that goes up. There is a meditation that goes up. There is a reverence, a deep reverence that goes up as you are in, in awe of God and his greatness. So it, but th- none of this is like um, Eastern mysticism where you just check out, you know, and that's what some of that stuff teaches. You just check out, you empty yourself of everything. No, no, there, there is no teaching in the word of God to quote, empty yourself of everything, but that, that's not what the word teaches. No, you want to fill yourself with God. Hallelujah. You want to wait on the Lord, spending time with him, talking with him. Now, if you will stay there, you will get into the realm. Oh, it's golden. It's priceless. You will get into the realm where there comes an anointing. I I used to not know what it was. I knew it was something wonderful, but I couldn't put my finger on identifying what this anointing was. I'll tell you what it is. If you'll stay there and wait on the Lord, pray, fellowship, talk and stay and just stay, hang out with the Lord until you're totally filled up and saturated. If you'll do that, the Holy Spirit will carry you into a place where a teaching anointing comes and he starts teaching you. And that, that my friends is absolutely amazing. When the Lord begins to teach you, it means he's instructing you. Anytime there's teaching, there will always be instruction involved. Anytime there is the, the uh, dispensing of wisdom, Wisdom will always have instruction attached to it. And when that begins to happen, God begins to make your life beautiful. God begins to put your life in divine order. I want to show you something in the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter three. I've always liked this, this verse, Hebrews three, verse one, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. So he's talking to believers. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Okay. So Jesus is not just an apostle. He is the apostle that any other apostolic minister patterns their ministry after. He is the apostle. What is one of the beautiful characteristics of apostolic ministry? when it's governed by the Holy Spirit. Well, an apostle will put things in order. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 34, the apostle Paul said, when I come, I will set things in order. He was already teaching them through the scriptures, certain things to put in order. And he said, when I come, I will set things in order. There's further instruction coming. Why? Further wisdom coming, further teaching. What is what does that mean? It means that God makes your life beautiful. It begins to get in order. The the church gets in order. What is the church? Individual believers coming together as a body. So if the body has order, the individuals are also getting their life in order. That is the result of apostolic grace touching your life. That is a result of waiting on the Lord. Praise God.
Also, Paul told uh, Titus, Titus chapter 1, verse 5, he said, hey, um, there at the church, that would be the church in Crete, he said, he said, put things in order and began to tell him what he needed to do. Establish elders in the church. And then he begins to instruct Titus what to do with this new pastorate that he has. Things start getting put in order. Woo! Praise God. When Elijah was preparing the altar that had been broken down, and gets all the stones and puts them together just right. And then he took the wood and laid it on the altar in order. Ah, Pastor Stephen, we don't need that. Just throw it up there. We need to hurry up. Let God do what he needs to do. No, no, don't need to rush. Let's not rush. Let's do it the right way the first time. Okay. And he even lays the wood in order. Got to get the stones right. The stones are representative of the 12 tribes of Israel. Let's get the wood on top. I'll just throw it up there. No, lay it in order. Even put the sticks in order, everything in order. And you'll notice that when things are in order, the fire comes down and the fire came down on the altar of sacrifice. Why? It's in order. God likes order. God speaking through the apostle Paul said that all things be done decently and in order. Well, I like that. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Rebels, lawless people, they like disorder. That is a trademark, a hallmark of the devil. Anytime the Holy Spirit begins to move, he begins to put things in order. Genesis chapter 1. Okay. The earth was without form and void. It was out of order. <laughs> Darkness. Woo! And so the Holy Spirit begins to come upon that and begins to move, creating beauty and order and structure. Praise God. That doesn't mean we can't be free. It doesn't mean we can't be creative. It doesn't mean we can't have expression. It just means in the midst of that, we do need to have order. Let all things be done decently, decently, and in order. Praise God. So as you begin to wait on the Lord, if you will wait there and wait there, instruction will come. Peace will come. You'll be so glad you stayed fellowship will unfold and you will enjoy the Lord. You will enjoy the Lord. Just keep spending time with him. Go through the word, find scriptures. And this is also time to, you know, talk with the Lord about your dreams. Talk with the Lord about your heart's desires. And you have to be careful with that. Psalm, uh, let's take a look at it very quickly. Psalm 37. A lot of people quote this Psalm but they have, they have wrong motives. Praise God. Psalm 37, four, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So some Christians that are carnal, some Christians that don't pray, don't really walk with God, don't have a close walk with God. They have cravings and they call it a heart's desire and they want it, but God doesn't want it for them. I'm not talking about covenant blessings. I'm just talking about people that really are covetous, really are greedy, and they're just out of control with grasping and desiring. And so even that which they're asking for, it's just so they can consume it. Like James said, they could just so they can consume it on their own lust, James chapter four. But my friends, I believe that when you wait on the Lord, there's a filtering even of your desires. 
Catch that. Even a filtering of your desires. So there's purity in everything. Praise God. So what begins to distill is wisdom. You wait on the Lord and wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord begin to come on you and rest on you. Praise God as you wait on the Lord. Just don't get up. Just sit there. How long? Well, until at least until you're full. Most people are going to eat at a table until they're full. Waiting on the Lord is you're just staying there until you're, until you're full. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. World's strongest man cannot eat just once and eat, you know, in real quick and be done. He's got to eat a lot. Why? He's the world's strongest man. What does that mean? He needs more fuel consumption than the average people. Why? He's, he's bench pressing 500 pounds plus. He's, he's lifting 500 pounds over his head. He's, he's deadlifting over a thousand pounds. He's squatting 800 pounds. They, these guys have these competitions. They're doing things that stress their body to the max. So they have to, in order to carry that, that, that density of muscle mass, they have to eat a whole lot of food. So they have a larger appetite. Okay. Here's the thing. The closer you get to the Lord, the stronger you get with God, your appetite changes and 10 minutes. That's not going to fill you up. Why you're too, you're, you've expanded your capacity. You, you know, the, the, um, the top distance runners in the world, middle distance, long distance, you know, 1500 meters, 5k, 10k, you know, whether it's 3.1 mile, 6.2, whatever it is, you know, different uh, marathon, half marathon, you start getting into those areas. Did you know that your heart gets larger? I, I used to have, um, I can't remember what my setting heart rate was. It was real, real low world record holders in the mile. 1500 meters world record holders in the marathon. You're talking a setting resting heart rate in the low thirties. The average person, you know, maybe uh, 80 mid seventies, but you're talking, you're talking hearts that have gotten so strong and muscular and powerful that at rest they're beating like the thump. Thump. What is that? Huge heart rate. So, you know, for them to go out and run three miles, three miles is actually just the warm up. That you know, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. You know, the three three, four mile run, sometimes that's just a warm up before you start to do your other type of ra- of running, whether you're doing speed work or whatever it might be. Different level. Why? They've increased their capacity. So in, in your interior, you know, you keep, you keep waiting on the Lord. You'll get to where an hour, you know, it's not like you tell people this, but you get to where an hour is like nothing. I mean, that's just like, maybe, maybe when you first started, that was a lot, but you'll get to where like an hour is that that's, that, that's like elementary school. It doesn't mean that others who don't do it, it's not looking down on anybody, but it's just as much of a difference spiritually as it is physically for the guy lifting 500 pounds as it is naturally for the guy running the mile under four minutes. It, it's, you, it's, it's a different walk. It's a completely different realm with the Lord. All of that comes out of waiting on the Lord. 
You know what happens as you begin to know the Lord? There's a lot of Christians, they love God, they're saved, they're going to heaven, but when it comes to the depth of God, they don't really know the Lord. They say things that they think are right, they're not right. They don't really know how merciful He is. They don't really know how forgiving He is. They don't really know how holy He is. They don't really know how, how, how deep He is. That's why Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 3, that they would know the width of the depth, the height, you know, the length of the, of the love of Christ, the self, that, that's the selfless love of God, the selfless love of Christ. Praise God. You start getting into that area, you're like, wow, God's a lot, He's a lot better than I ever thought. He's a lot nicer. He's a lot more gracious. Amazing. Praise the Lord. See, there's a lot of Christians that want to see people get it, but they wouldn't want to get it. But when you begin to get over into that realm of the glory and the goodness of God, you really see the character of God. And you can't, you can't let that form within you without spending time with the Lord. You, can't, you cannot get it any other way. Praise God. If you put the time in, you're going you're gonna to get the results, and the results will be golden. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, what can I do if I want to pray as I wait on the Lord? Pray Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 through 3. Ask God that the seven spirits of the Lord come and rest on you just like they rested on Jesus. Pray Ephesians chapter 1, the uh, the prayer of Paul. Ephesians chapter 3, the prayer of Paul. Philippians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. They're all prayers that Paul prayed that were supernaturally inspired by the Holy Spirit. I pray Colossians 1, that that prayer every day, starting right around verse 9. Oh, it's just too good, too good. A lot of these prayers revolve around wisdom. Lord, let me know what is the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, a lot of them are tagged to wisdom. The opening of the understanding, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the deep and intimate knowledge of Jesus. A lot of this revolves around accessing the wisdom of God through waiting on the Lord. So there's many, many things you can pray. There is one very holy Catholic saint. I, I won't say her name, and, uh, but this, this was a heavy hitter. This was a person that had a profound walk with God. Every day, though, uh, she would pray through the Psalms. Yes, all 150 of them. <laughs> I'm not making that up. She would. She had an incredible walk with God. Well, Pastor Stephen, that would take, that would, that could take four hours. Yes, she, she did that every single day. I, actually, it might take five hours. She did that every single day. would just pray through them. They, they would be her prayers to the Lord. You're talking about knowing the Lord. Mm. So th- there's no limits. You can go just as deep as you want. And you can explore these various avenues of study, meditation, prayer, reading, just talking, conversation. But I am saying, keep it moving. Don't just like, well you know, shut down, nothing's happening. You know, don't, don't just go blank. That's what some people think they're doing They're They think they're waiting on the Lord. And they're going blank. No, that no, there is an art of waiting on the Lord. You are ministering unto the Lord. There is a service element in this. You are ministering unto the Lord. You're wanting to know the Lord. You are pursuing the Lord. So it's not passive. It's active. Praise God. And if you seek, you'll find him. Woo. Praise God. 
Now, let's go back to the benefits one more time. Verse 30, Isaiah 30, verse 30, excuse me, Isaiah 40, verse 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those, that's you, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you don't know what to do, even after many of the examples I've given you, just sit there with your Bible open and pray in the Spirit and say, Lord, teach me by your Holy Spirit. Lord, teach me today. Holy Spirit, come help me. Holy Spirit, light me up. Come on. Show me something I need to know. And just pray in the Spirit. And just just hang out until a subject or a scripture or something comes up that you can jump into. There's a million different directions you can go. Waiting on the Lord does not have a set formula. It can be different every single time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Waiting reveals the wisdom of God and helps you to understand that you don't always need what you think you need. And if you wait on the Lord, he'll help clear all these things up. I remember Kenneth Copeland said that he told the Lord, Lord, we are running a million dollar deficit every so often. I can't remember if it was every, every month or something like that, but they would come around to the same cycle where every time they're running a million dollar deficit. And he said, he said, Lord, I need a million dollars. But as he began to wait on the Lord, he went into this realm where the, the wisdom and the instruction begins to come. And he, he got into that realm of the glory as he was waiting on the Lord, and he brought it up again. Lord, I need a million dollars. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you don't need a million dollars. And he said, well, that's news to me because I, you know, I'm looking at the accounting and this, we come around, roll around to this period every single time and we're a million dollars short. And he, it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, you don't need a million dollars, you need wisdom. Because if you were given a million dollars, it would catch you up, but you haven't fixed this issue. So the million dollars would now be spent and you're going to roll right back around to the same cycle again, because the underlying problem of why you have the deficit is not being addressed. And he said, Lord, what do I need to do? The Lord showed him what to do by the Holy Spirit. He fixed it. No more million dollar deficit. Some of you, you, you think you have a money problem. You don't have a money problem. You have, a, you have an okay income. You're all right. But there's other things that are there that are either out of order or they're not being done right. And that's why you have the problem. So if you fix the problem, things start to clear up. Praise the, praise the Lord. Praise God. Some people, they think they've got it all figured out. And they think, this is what you need. And they think if you're sick, this is what you need. You need the gifts of healings. Yes, the Spirit of God needs to manifest. You need the gift of healing. Even if you're sick, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need the gift of healing to manifest. Well, Pastor Stephen isn't healing for the sick. Yes, but if they get healed, they're going to turn right back around and they're going to get sick again because they're doing something that's causing a prolonged sickness. And even if they got healed, they haven't stopped 
the practice of what's causing the root problem. Praise the Lord. And look, when you wait on the Lord, order comes into your life. I was praying for the sick just a few weeks ago, going down the line, praying for people. I would very quickly ask them, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong very briefly, and I'll pray for you. I got to a young man, maybe in his late 20s. I said, what's wrong? He said, stomach problems. My stomach is just tore up all the time. Hurts all the time. Oh, Pastor Stephen, did you lay your hands on him and pray for healing? No. I stood there just for a moment, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me exactly what his problem is. I said, do you drink energy drinks? I should call them poison drinks. That's really what they are. I said, do you drink monster energy drink? Yep. Drink them all the time. Do you drink Red Bull? Yep. Drink it all the time. Rockstar? Yep. Drink them all the time. Just drink them all the time. I said, that's your problem. Stop drinking them. Don't ever drink them again. He lifted his hands. I laid hands on him and prayed for him. Now he's got it. Now he's got it. Now he's got it. Now he's got it. Pastor Stephen, I need healing. Maybe you need a word of wisdom. Mm. That, that is why it's at the front of all the gifts. Why? It's the most important one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God gave me a word of wisdom supernaturally. I didn't know that. I couldn't just make that up and guess that. There's a lot of other 20-year-old. That church was full of those in their 20s. I, I'm not getting that for anybody else, but boom. Holy Spirit told me exactly what his problem was, why he's in the condition he's in. And he doesn't need healing. He needs stop drinking that junk. Praise God. It's tearing his stomach up. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's, let's address the issue and then pray. Then release the anointing for the stomach to be healed. That's what took place. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, the strength of God is available for you. The lifting up just like the eagle will take place for anybody who practices Isaiah 40, 31. All you have to do is go wait on the Lord. Put your time in. Don't let anything cheat you out of it. The carnal mind is very creative in coming up with all kinds of crazy things to do. Anything but wait on the Lord. Let your spirit be dominant. And as you develop that capacity, a larger inner threshold, keep feeding it larger portions. Okay. What's that? More time with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody watching that the art of waiting on the Lord be restored in their life. Thank you, Father, starting today, starting today, and that by your grace, I ask ask for grace that nothing block it. You give them a supernatural running start. They become so established in it, they never break off of it, ever. We thank you, Father. Release it now. Fire, as fire burning in your spirit. Inner fire, okay? As they walked on the road uh, to Emmaus with the Lord, not knowing it was the Lord, they said later, did not our hearts burn within us? Why? Because of the revelation being released. So that's why your heart's burning on the inside. You're like, I'm going to do this. Yes, and you will. You will wait on the Lord. And this will be a daily practice for you. 
This was common for all the great saints, all the people that have strong walks with the Lord. This is the meat and potatoes of the Christian walk. Praise God. Father, bless your people. Lock them in, in Jesus' name, by your spirit. Let it be sealed by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's take communion today. Grab some unleavened bread and some holy grape juice. It's about to become holy. Hallelujah. <laughs> it might just be normal grape juice. It might even be Kool-Aid if you're doing the best you can, and that's all you've got. But God will honor your faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. Bless it, O oh God. We thank you. It's now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we receive teachings and we walk in them daily. Thank you, Father. We receive his flesh now. Let's partake together. The strength of God is going to pour into your spirit. It's going to it's going to infuse you with the vitality of God. And it doesn't matter if you're 100, you're going to be vitalized. Praise God. See, you, you're supposed to leave the planet, not because you wore out, but just because it's your time to go. Not because things shut down and shut off. No, it's just your time to go. And you leave. Praise God. You leave. God's going to vitalize your body. And when the day comes for you to leave, you just leave. But you leave on your terms on God's terms. Hallelujah. Not because you had to check out because everything was shutting down. Praise God. Revitalization in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it now and it's cleansing power in Jesus name. Amen. Let's drink. Praise the Lord. My friends, make sure that you take time to wait on the Lord and you will be richly rewarded by the Lord. You'll be so glad that you did it. It's the best time. It's the best way to spend your time. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Bless your people. Amen. Hey, I'll see you back next week. Till then, you be richly blessed. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.